Man, y'all sound awesome this morning. I love it. I know y'all have had your coffee on this nasty, wet day, but hearing your voices, man, we had a great time of worship. Uh, it is great to be back. Uh, if we haven't met, my name's Dustin, and uh, I didn't preach a couple weeks ago. Brandon, our student coordinator, did a, f- a fantastic job uh, with our student weekend, so he preached. And then last week, Pat uh, preached. Uh, me and my family were in Disney, and so now I'm officially broke. And if I'll take any uh, donations uh, for rent, groceries, even lunch today. So no, just kidding. Uh, No, we're very blessed. Thank you for checking in on us and just saying, hey, how was your trip? It was a great, great time. Uh, We had a great time as a family, just getting away. We don't get to do that a lot. And so it was fun, but I missed you guys. And it is great to be back as we continue this series. And um, just as a disclaimer, I'm throwing this out there. If you call this place home, you know this is true about me, that uh, I try not to be one who just preaches something up here because it sounds good and tickles your ears, but we're all in this together. And so a lot of times, what I'm preaching are things that I'm currently wrestling with. And this past week was just really wrestling on some things, I guess, coming back from Disney and into reality, kind of looking at this. Um, But I think here's the thing, I'm just gonna, I know as a disclaimer, this is gonna step on all of our toes and it should, because as we look at scripture and the story today, as we continue this series, we're gonna see Jesus is about stepping on our toes. Wouldn't you agree? There are just things that we've grown accustomed to that a lot of times we need Jesus to stomp on our toes. We need his word to open up our eyes and reveal some things. And so one of those things being this, that I I really do believe that one of the most detrimental qualities um, of our lives, especially, um, you know, in the, the year in the society that we live in, the most detrimental qualities of our life are that we're too busy for Jesus. Now think about that because we live in a fast-paced society. We live in a world that is all about go, 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 and do, 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 and it feels like we're on this treadmill in our life that never slows down, it never stops, it just gets busier and busier, and we just need a breath. It's kind of like, okay, is this ever gonna slow down? Uh, I've said this before, I'm guilty of it, you're guilty of it. When people are like, hey, how's it going? Busy, right? We are just so, so stinking busy and we're running this rat race. And what ends up happening is we, we buy into the lie that our world, our culture, even Satan throws at us to say the busier you are equals or equates to a better quality of life. That, hey, if you're really, really busy, that means you're doing a lot of great things. And so what ends up happening is, you know, who doesn't want to experience life, right? And so what ends up happening is that our weeks are covered up on our calendars. We fill up our calendars with tons of things. We end up spending the weekends trying to play catch up. If you have kids, it's kind of divide and conquer, right? Daddy takes little Johnny to soccer and baseball and everything while the mom might do competition cheer or soccer over here or dance and whatever. And if we are lucky, you know, we'll see each other in passing. Um, We don't spend nights as a family eating dinner. Uh, Dinner for us often looks like going through Zaxby's or getting some Christian chicken, you know what I'm saying, at Chick-fil-A and throwing nuggets in the back of the minivan. You know, that's just how it is. And, And so we're busy, busy, busy. 
And so we fill up our calendars and it's just busy with all of this stuff, trying to keep up, dividing and conquering with kids' sports. And if we're really honest, okay, and hear me out, I'm not trying to be legalistic with this, but if we're really, really honest, committing to one hour on a Sunday for church is really hard. We can commit to everything else and give it our all. But when it comes to Sunday morning, it's kind of like, ah, I just don't. I just don't know about that. We have in the fall, we have incredible football games that we go to late on Saturday nights and we're just tired on Sunday morning. Maybe on Saturday you ran all these errands and you couldn't catch up and so you need Sunday to catch up on those things. So it's okay if we miss one Sunday and then one Sunday comes into two Sundays and turns into three and then it's, oh, I'll just watch online and then you kind of buy into that excuse. Oh, we watch online, which, okay, are you really watching online? You know, I try to watch online during the pandemic with three kids. Yeah, right, okay. It's like, can I go to the bathroom? Can I do this? My ADHD, I'm like, I can't watch this, you know? And like, it's me preaching, you know? And so I'm like, I don't want to hear that. So I know how you feel, okay? And so it's just one of those things that we're just running this, this thing. And this is what happens. As a result, our busyness creates a barrier to our spiritual growth and intimacy with Jesus. Our busyness creates a barrier to spiritual growth and intimacy with Jesus. And then in return, that busyness creates spiritual emptiness. It creates spiritual emptiness because busyness, think about this, keeps us from really engaging in worship. Like if I was, I saw a pastor do this one time and it's interesting, but if I was to say, hey, everybody hold up your cell phones and let's just turn them off. Let's just turn them off for the next hour. For many of us, that would bring a certain level of anxiety. It's like, what about my notifications? What about this? You know, when you get boring, Dustin, I like to look on Instagram, you know, um, or I need, I need to do this. I need to do my checklist while you're preaching. I can multitask, you know, but we're not fully engaged. Busyness keeps us from engaging in worship. Busyness keeps us from fully engaging in serving. I can't tell you, I can't serve. I'm just too busy. Or, or participating in a small group and being around other believers and biblical community to spur you on and stir you up and hold you accountable and encourage and pray and challenge. I'm just too busy for that. We're too busy for Jesus. And so what ends up happening is as a result, and we're all guilty of this, Jesus gets our leftovers, if anything, it's kind of like everything else gets our attention. And you and I know we are in a world that everything is competing for our attention and it's not getting any easier. And so we need to be mindful of this pool and say, okay, what am I going to do about that? And that's where we meet and we see in this story this morning of two ladies named Mary and Martha. So we're gonna be in Luke chapter 10, following along. We've been walking through the gospel of Luke. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It'll also be on the screen. But um, where we've been kind of in a snapshot is we saw the early days of Jesus's life, his baptism and uh, starting the ministry. We see, then we kind of transition. We talked about the ministry of Jesus. We saw a lot of miracles, um, healings and, and such. Uh, last week, Pat ended with really, I'm just gonna call it for what it is, a really odd piece of scripture of what's called the transfiguration where Jesus goes up and the disciples are sleeping. Get that, they're always 
sleeping, I feel like. They're sleeping on the boat. They're sleeping in the garden. You know, there's like a bunch of teenagers, I guess. I don't know. Uh, and they're sleeping and Jesus reveals himself. And you have Moses and Elijah on this mountain of transfiguration take place. But what we see in that passage is it begins to turn. And Jesus, Luke, the writer says, Jesus then turned his face towards Jerusalem. And so it's this pivotal moment where now we're going to see Jesus begin to really unpack his message. And this morning we see this with a really short passage of Mary and Martha, where he confronts this idea of busyness or being distracted. If you've been in church, you have probably heard this preached 5,000 times. But I think it's a great reminder, and Luke puts it in here, to really step on our toes and to see Jesus' interaction with these two. So let's read this together. This is in Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38 through 42. It says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. So you have Luke that's pointing out this story that Martha was uh, distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and she said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. In verse 41, we see Jesus then says this. He says, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. One thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So you probably have heard this story and the the points this morning are super simple, okay? It's gonna be like kids' church up in here, all right? The first one is this. The thing that we see is that Martha was frustrated. So we see this story that Luke is unpacking and he really brings to light. Jesus is traveling. He comes to the city called Bethany, about a mile and a half east of Jerusalem. And Mary and Martha welcome Jesus into Martha's house. And so he's in there and Martha is doing all the preparing and Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus. Now, you know this, when you have guests at your house, which my boys hate, okay? Because that means what? Chores. That means cleaning bathrooms, vacuuming. We gotta straighten, the house needs to look good for family and friends, right? I don't know why, because they tear it up anyways. I'm like, let's clean afterwards. You know what I'm talking about. And so... uh, Martha is like, oh my goodness, Jesus is coming. They knew who Jesus was. He was a close friend. And they're like, okay, like, let's just think about this in retrospect. If the Messiah of the world is coming to your house, what are you gonna do? You're cleaning up. You're cleaning up, all right? And so Martha's like, oh man, we got to get prepared. You know, clean up the house. Let's, let's make, she's probably Baptist and making some kind of casserole for Jesus. You know, I don't know. She's, she's getting all that stuff ready. And Mary is just sitting there talking and listening to Jesus. Now, that's a controversial move in the day. Because I'm sorry, ladies, it is what it is. Culturally speaking, that was not the place of a female at the time. Her place of the time was to do the preparation. 
She needed to be in the kitchen or cooking, cleaning, doing something like that, okay? Don't send me hateful emails in the Bible, okay? And so that was at the place. And so Martha comes out and is like, Jesus, aren't you gonna get on to Mary? I'm serving alone. She's not supposed to be sitting here listening to you. Her place is with me in the kitchen. Come help me. You need to get on to her. And Jesus is like, you know, Martha's looking for like, yeah, you know what? You're right, Mary. Get up. You need to go help her, your sister. She's doing this all alone. If you have kids, you know what I'm talking about. You ask your kids to do chores. One's doing it. It's like, it's no fair. I'm always the one cleaning the bathroom. They're just over there sitting. You know, it's kind of this sibling rivalry, if you will. But Jesus blows her mind and says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Martha, man, you're anxious and you're stressed about a lot of things. But the one thing that's necessary is what Mary just chose. She chose the good portion. And I never thought about this. It said that no one can take that away from her. And so you have these two very different things and Martha is frustrated. We see that in scripture. She comes out, she confronts Jesus. And think about this, busyness leads to frustration. Busyness always leads to frustration. I'll confess this, you know, I know um, we just came back from Disney and so maybe it highlighted it some, but over the last couple of weeks in the Dozier household, there's a, like been this level of frustration in our house. Um, I don't know if you uh, can relate to this, but I felt like everybody's just frustrated with everybody and everything. So everybody's just snapping. Everybody's just frustrated. We're frustrated with the kids. They're frustrated with us. I'm frustrated at the toaster, you know, it's like everybody's just frustrated. And, and so we go to Disney and it's like, happiest place on earth. And then we come back and it's like, okay, we're still frustrated, <laughs> all right? And so uh, not that Disney is therapy or anything, okay? Because it's like more stressful there too. But we come back and this past week, I'm just thinking, man, I'm just so, I'm just frustrated. And I really had to, just in my time with God, God just had to thump me over the head and say, hey, listen, I'm gonna convict you. Now in this, God gracefully walked me through not all of the reasons, but one of the reasons why our family is frustrated about everything right now. And that's because I have completely dropped the ball in my spiritual leadership over the last few months. Meaning, okay, that for us, this is our family, I'm not projecting this on you, but usually at nighttime, our family, the kids take showers, all that stuff. We might decompress and watch a little TV, but before bed, we usually gather in Noah's room. Our oldest two share a room, but Noah's in a room by himself for apparent reasons. And so he's in a room by himself. We gather, we read some scripture. We have a little devotional book. It has some questions in it. We talk about it. We pray. Everybody goes a certain way and everything. Well, because of busyness and being tired and just all that stuff, what has ended up happening, instead of me taking responsibility and saying, hey, we need to do family devotion time, this is what it has been. Everybody get in your bed, mom and dad are tired, we're ready to go, whatever. And then it's just, I'm in the hallway, split between both their rooms, hey, let's just pray. I say a prayer that the kids probably say, dad says the same thing, you know, and amen, all right, y'all go to bed, don't talk, we're going downstairs. And it's just rushed because of the busyness. It wasn't intentional. But yet I found myself and God saying to me, you just spent, you rushed that process. You spent, you said a little one minute prayer with your kids, yet you go downstairs and you watch some mindless, stupid TV show like The Amazing Race or something else, you know, for an hour and a half, wasting time and your kids' spiritualness and their walk with God, it comes from you. 
you disciple them and you just failed that. Now that's a hard pill to swallow. But I had to say, I had to recognize the busyness was leading to frustration. So I had to be like, okay, I had to confess to my kids. Parents, I don't know if you've ever done that. You need to do that. I had to say, dad totally dropped the ball. It's on my plate. I'm going to take ownership and responsibility. I think one of the reasons we're all frustrated is because of the busyness that we've been and dad's been lazy and we're going to start doing this again. And so you see this busyness in our life was as Martha was, she was just distracted and she wasn't distracted by bad things. She was distracted by serving. I mean, Jesus is there. It's not like she's busy doing drugs and getting drunk and, you know, watching pornography or anything like that. I mean, she was just serving Jesus. She was like preparing a hot meal, but she was distracted. She missed the point and she was so frustrated. She came out and was almost self-righteous about it of Jesus, you need to tell Mary to get off her rear end and come help me. She's just sitting there hearing you talk, 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 Jesus, you know, she needs to be in here and doing some work. And so this frustration leads, and if you really think about this, busyness for you and me is a decision that we make about what takes priorities in our life. We become busy with the things that take priority in our life. Wouldn't you agree? So if the priority in your life is to climb the corporate ladder and get that next job promotion and be top in sales and all those things, the priority is then you're gonna do whatever it takes. You're gonna take that phone call when you're having dinner as a family. You're gonna travel more often. You're gonna answer that email at 11 o'clock at night. You're gonna do those things. It's a priority for you. You and I both know that leads to frustration. If you, you want your kids, okay, and hear me out. I'm not trying to be legalistic about this. But if you want your kids to be the best athletes they could possibly be and get a free ride to college, guess what? Your priority is we're going to do tournaments on the weekends. We're going to skip church. We're going to spend a gazillion dollars for hotels and travel and gas. And we're going to do all that stuff. We're going to do all the competitions. We're going to do the AU ball. We're going to do all those different things. Listen to me. Do those things, okay? I'm not saying not to do them. But we have to be very, very careful that are we prioritizing the right things in our life or are we like Martha and we are distracted by much? And you know what's so ironic in this is that think about this, if you're taking notes, when our lives are spent with Jesus, that priority never leads to frustration. When you're spending time with Jesus, it never leads to frustration. Here's an example. I've never heard someone say, man, I've been to church 12 Sundays in a row and it was the stupidest idea I've ever had. I've never seen or heard someone say, I read my Bible every day this week, and that was a dumb idea. I shouldn't have done that. I've never seen someone go on a mission trip, and they're like, we were gone for 10 days serving and doing, it was the hardest work of my life, but man, I'll never do that again. I've never seen it. Because what happens is when you spend time with Jesus, you see who Jesus is, and you get to experience him in such an intimate way that you're like, wow, I should do this more. It's not, it's not a frustration level. You could be frustrated with yourself for not doing it, but when we spend time with Jesus, that's exactly where we are supposed to be. And I don't think Jesus is saying, hey, quit your job. You know, who cares about your kids? They'll fend for themselves. Just go up to a mountain, just be with Jesus, okay? All right, sounds like something from Asheville, all right? So 
you know, not saying that, but we need to prioritize our time with Jesus. We need to be spending time with him and saying, this is how I'm gonna start my day. This is the priority. Everything else can wait for a second. We can hit pause on those things because here's the thing, being busy with lots of things can make us miss the most important thing. And that's Jesus. Being busy with a lot of things, a lot of good things, a lot of great things for you and your family and your kids and your job, all those things, they're good things. That's what Martha was doing. She was serving with good things, but they can, we can be distracted in such a way and miss out on the biggest thing, the most important thing, and that's Jesus. I mean, isn't that what the Pharisees did? They were so busy with all the rules and traditions and all the assumptions and preconceived notions of who Jesus was. Jesus was right in front of them and they completely missed him. They said, oh, that's not the Messiah. Blasphemy. That's not what he's supposed to look like. He's supposed to be this knight in shining armor who's gonna overthrow the government. And he comes as this nomad, you know, and doesn't have really a home. It doesn't come from riches and royalty. And they totally missed him. And so don't let your busyness lead to frustration. Prioritize your life in such a way that you get to see we can't neglect Jesus. And the second point, not only was Martha frustrated in this, we see that Mary was captivated. Man, I love that word. Being captivated means that our love for something or someone takes priority over all things. Now, some of you know this story. But uh, me and my wife, Sloan, my wife is from Greenville. I'm from the Atlanta area. And we met through a mutual friend and dated long distance. So I lived in Atlanta and Sloan at the time was a student at North Greenville University. And you probably have heard this. You probably have experienced this where um, love makes you do crazy things, right? You just kind of do like stupid stuff sometimes. And I remember it was like a middle of the middle of the week. I got off of work at my job. I f- fought all the Atlanta traffic. If you've ever been to Atlanta, don't go. Uh, um, and so you fight all the traffic. It took me like three and a half, four hours. I finally make it up to North Greenville. At the time, Sloan had to do like this uh, required cultural event. So she had to go watch some play or something. I don't know. And she didn't know I was coming. So I surprised her and that thing's over at like eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, something. I'm like, Hey, let's go grab a bite to eat. We go grab a bite to eat. And I leave Greenville at like 11, 1130 at night and just drive back to Atlanta, get there and wake up. And it's the stupidest thing probably anybody would do. Cause I was so tired. Um, but you do crazy things for the things that you love and you prioritize. And what I love is that in this passage, we see Mary is so captivated. She is so in love with Jesus that she's just sitting there clinging on to every single word. Her love drove her to just sit there and be captivated by the very words of Jesus. There's this great book. It's called Awe, A-W-E by Paul David Tripp. Man, he's an incredible author. And the whole premise of this book is how our awe or us, our hearts have been captivated by so many other things other than God. That we get more excited about this, that, and the other thing than we do God himself. But what we see in this picture is Mary is just sitting there and she's saying, hey, I'm captivated by you. 
I'm hitting the pause button on the busyness of life and those things can wait, but this is a once in a lifetime thing that Jesus, the Messiah is in my house right now. And I'm just gonna sit here and I'm just gonna be at the feet of Jesus and I'm just going to listen to every word and just, I'm gonna learn. And this is a level of intimacy that I need for my life. And so when we think about this, when it comes to you and I, this is the question I've been wrestling with. Do, do the people that know me, do they see that I'm captivated by Jesus? You wanna hit real home. Does your spouse see that your heart is captivated by Jesus? Do your kids see that your heart is captivated by Jesus? And as I said earlier, man, there are so many things fighting for our hearts, for our attention, that we can be like Martha and be distracted by much. Man, I've just been wrestling. I'll, I'll, I'll confess this to you, all right, since I'm confessing everything, all right, <laughs> is that this past week, I, and I'm not trying to make it a political statement, but what's going on in Ukraine, like I'm speechless. I even saw this morning, I, you know, I don't know if it's true or not. It's definitely inspiring. I think it could be true. But uh, a pastor friend of mine posted this statement that a Ukrainian pastor was having church today. He said, hey, we might die in the middle of church, but it's Sunday and the church is there and the church is, the people are here. We're gonna have church. And I, man, I hear that. And I, like I said, man, that could just be someone making an inspirational quote. I don't know. It sounds great. But if it is true, which I think it sounds like it is, the Ukrainian people, man, has just been incredible during this, during this whole tragedy. But if that's true, man, I'm thankful that you're here on a rainy Sunday. <laughs> because that pastor writing that, saying, I'm captivated by Jesus. And see, what happens is that the world sees, our family sees, and our spouse sees that we are captivated by a lot of other things. And let the people around us see that our hearts are captivated by Jesus. That our love for him is worth anything and everything. Because I'm gonna tell you, I worked in student ministry. I saw families break apart where it wasn't a priority. And I'm not saying this out of judgment, I'm just from experience where other things become the priority. And when kids leave the home because Jesus wasn't the priority, it's not a priority for them when they leave your home. Your work, your coworkers, you talk about Jesus and they say, hey, you know, I, I might want to think about that, but you're more captivated by the politics of our world or doing this or this endeavor or whatever. It doesn't come across authentic. It doesn't come across real. They want to see Jesus. They want to see Jesus right in the forefront. And I love this about Mary. This Mary right here is the same Mary. If you remember, she falls at the feet of Jesus and opens up and breaks her uh, expensive perfume and begins to weep and to just worship the feet of Jesus with this expensive uh, perfume in this alabaster jar. And that's the kind of devotion that we should have. And I think in the busyness and the noise and everything else that's going on in our life, we miss that. We let everything else pull at our heart. And there's a reason that in Psalm 46, y'all have heard this, Psalm 46, the psalmist says, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Hit pause. You and I need, we need times of just 
solitude and silence and spending time as a priority with God. The scripture doesn't say be busy and think that you are God. Plan your things and if you make some room and have some time, if you don't have a late college football game, if you don't have a, a lake house to spend the weekend or a beach house of a family friend or whatever, just you, you just use those times. And if you can make it church once a month, you know, that's fine. You know, or hey, when trouble comes, you know, or hey, let's just sing that little sweet rhyme with our kids and that will suffice. Or just pray in the hallway and be like, okay, let's go watch TV now. No, God wants us to imitate for the people around us are our hearts captivated by Jesus? Is it captivated by him? Are we willing to just sit and to soak it up? Here's my, my final thought this morning. Being present with Jesus, it takes intentionality, doesn't it? It doesn't just happen. You know that. You don't be like, oh, it just happens. No, it takes great intentionality. And what's interesting, if you think about it, is that Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus she broke some cultural barriers. The cultural norm was, you don't belong here, sister. You need to go to the kitchen. She said, I don't care what the world says, I need Jesus. And it's gonna be great intentionality where I'm choosing right now, in the midst of everything that we could be doing, I'm gonna choose Jesus right now. And so where are you this morning? When you look at Mary and Martha, where is your walk with God? You know, you, you don't need me, I mean, God, reveals it. I think he's revealing it right now. The spirit showing, okay, you're either Mary or Martha and we have a room full of both. Or maybe you're like, I, I think I'm in between. I, I don't really know, but we could be really, really busy with things and neglect Jesus. Are you too busy for Jesus? If someone was to look at your life, do you spend more time being anxious, stressed, worried about all the distractions of the world? Or are you focusing on Jesus? Do your kids see that? Do your family members see that? Does your spouse see that? Do your coworkers see that? Would they say you're Mary or would they say, no, they're more like Martha? And all about you, but man, I've just been wrestling with that and processing that because as a parent, I have a great responsibility with my kids. As a husband, I have a great responsibility to my wife. And as a pastor, as a Christian, forget the pastor thing, as a Christian, I have a great responsibility for people to see Jesus in me, not busyness and little sprinkles of Jesus here and there. Man, they need to see Jesus. And that should be what our lives are all about. So I don't know where you're at this morning, but I really want you as we respond in this last song, as the band leads us, man, have some time with Jesus. Whether that's where you're sitting, whether that's coming down here, whether you wanna talk afterwards, man, I challenge you this week, spend time with Jesus. Spend time with him. Make it a priority in your life. Let's pray together. Father, Forgive us where we are too busy for you. And just in the rat race of the culture we live in, it's so fast paced, we're trying to keep up. And for many of us in this room, if not the majority, we're trying to do good things. And we're just trying to get ahead financially, support our wife, our kids, give them a better life than what we had. We're trying to be good people, we're trying to help people that are in need, might even serve in some capacity. We might give. But God, let our devotion be like Mary's in this moment. That instead of giving you kind of our seconds at the end of the day, or if we have anything left to give, you kind of get those. 
but let us not be too busy for you. Father, you need to be the foundation of our life. You need to be the first one we come to. You need to be the one that we rely and depend on, that we talk to, that we confide in, that we find our strength and forgiveness and grace and mercy in each and every day so that we can be incredible husbands and wives and moms and dads and coworkers and friends and family members and make such an impact in this world to lead people to you. And to be honest, a lot of times we're too busy to even lead someone to Jesus, to lead them right to your feet. And so God, be with our hearts, be with our lives. Let us change, let us repent and confess those things. And let this week be the start of something brand new where we're not too busy for you, too busy for everything else because the priority is Jesus. Intimacy with you. It's in your son's name that we pray, amen. Hey, let's stand, let's respond and worship together. If you'd like to talk, make a decision, man, it's baptism or you just wanna know Jesus or whatever, I'll be down front, would love to talk to you, but let's worship as a church family together and respond to God.